This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, now in our sixth season looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. And while all eyes are on a big golf tournament in America, I'm joined by two masters of the Blue Monday podcast. It's the diamond in the rough, David Diamond, and the man who won't be drawn into golf chat, it's Craig Fimbo. How are you both? Yeah, good. Thanks, Mikey. Yeah, pretty good. Have you been called diamond in the rough before? Quite a lot. Usually by my golf partners, usually. (laughs) Yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, not unusual. And Craig, got any good golf anecdotes for us? Um, I actually went to a a, a crazy golf during the summer with the kids. Where where was that? (laughs) Cambridge, I think it was. No, Norwich. It was on the outskirts of Norwich, it was. Yeah, we were Mm -hmm. up that neck of the woods doing some camping. And uh, yeah, Yeah, so that's that's, last time I, I held a club in my hands was literally two or three months ago, mate. So I'm all over this. Craig's, yeah. Craig's a cricket aficionado, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's not much of that happening at the moment, unfortunately. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Well, the IPL just finished, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Archer was um, MVP, wasn't he? But didn't yeah, he? very much so. Crikey, yeah, he was really stormed it, didn't he? With, yeah. And with the bat, to be fair to him, he was teeing yeah. off every time he, he every time he got in. But with the ball, he's just phenomenal in that in that uh, that cricket. Oh, Lovely stuff. This is, of course, a football podcast. Um, <laughs> But I will just ask Dave about the the Masters golf. Have you got any bets coming in today? Oh, that we're yeah, we're recording this oh, before the leaders start. in the Nicky. last round. Oh God, I've got who I got Casey and Cantlay. And Casey had a really good first round. Like he was seven under after, and then didn't build on it round two. And then yesterday, him and Cantlay both bogeyed the final two holes. So if they had any chance of finishing anywhere, that's probably gone with that. So yeah, me and, um, and my sons, they both had bets. So I think we had like eight golfers between us. Every each of them made the cut comfortably, and I'm not sure any of them are going to make the top ten. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, Johnson's away, and he Johnson's away, and it's just really bunched now, isn't it? Mm. It has been without the football. It's been an entertaining watch, something to enjoy. As as was, of course, the Blue Monday special with Jason Dizel. Craig, would you like to give that a quick plug? Still yeah, pretty yeah. fresh. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, yeah, we recorded it. Or a couple of weeks. Well, it's the weekend before the, the weekend before the Sunderland match, as it goes. So I was bigging up Andre and chatting to Jason about the fact he hadn't missed a minute of league football, and then he goes and gets sent off uh, two or three days later. But um, yeah, it was good. It's it's sort of just to get it out of my system. Really, I've been beating the drum for the poor old guys from that that uh, that season for a while now, and um, managed to wangle it. I got I got Jason's details um, through a, a couple of friends and. Um, I pinged him on WhatsApp and literally within 30 seconds, he replied straight away saying, yes, would love to do it. And, you know, once we'd got the logistics and the timing sorted out, it was fine. It was quite interesting, actually, that towards the end of it, um, you know, he himself was like a bit, you know, saying, well, 
he feels himself that he gets forgotten about, you know, in, in the light mm. of what happened eight years later sort of thing, which is understandable. You know, there's, there was the build-up of the playoffs and missing out and missing out and missing out and that pressure cooker release of the one match that did it all. But So I think you know, from his perspective and probably other guys, they're not as vocal or as visible, I don't think, are they on social media and bits and pieces? That probably uh, you know, mm. goes towards it as well. But yeah, no, it was a good chat and say so hopefully people can find it and they've got a spare hour or so they'll, uh, they'll enjoy either watching it or listening to it. No, it was really good. It was really good. And he, he sort of thought that, I think I've mentioned it before in the pod about that season, that it just came out of nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Um, just that, right. You know, and he, he said, didn't he, you know, about relationships, combinations that Harry from Bath used to talk a lot about all over the pitch. And they certainly had him in, um, you know, that year, everything just gelled and probably no real kick injuries or long-term injuries. <laughs> Funny that, 20 key players. And um, yeah, incredibly, they just in the end, they saw it through. I mean, obviously it had to be Ipswich and a couple of sort of narrow squeaks near the end, but they saw it out comfortably, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as you say, you know, there were, there were no superstars in the team. You know, they all just did a job. You know, they had their job and they did it. And as you say, Dave, they, there's not that many injuries at all. You know, a couple missed a few matches here or there, sporadically yeah, but, dotted around, but no yeah, long-term but, injuries to mm-hmm. key players. Uh, fans, good. It was really good. He came across. I thought he came across really well, actually. Once you, if you could sort of avoid the seasickness. <laughs> yeah. Well, what 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 did come through loud and clear was the fact that he's a town fan first and oh, foremost. God, yeah. You know, Christ, he would have talked about Ipswich mm-hmm. as a fan, right? Yeah. You know, rather than talking about him as a player. You know, the fact yeah. he was going to matches in the seventies, went to the final, obviously the FA him, yeah. Cup final. Yeah. yeah. He used to go. Mm-hmm. He still goes to matches now, away matches and bits and pieces. So you know, it was, it, that came through, that shone through loud and clear. That did. That was good. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, really enjoyed that one um, personally. Def- definitely one of our greatest ever seasons, that one. Um, and we'll move from that wonderful season to the season that we're currently in. And uh, <laughs> the results were pretty favourable for us this weekend. Um, there was a, f- a few games. How many was there? Six games um, on Saturday. And there's going to be another one Monday night um, between Plymouth and Portsmouth. That one's quite Ooh. often billed as being a bit of a derby but it's it's naval not. <laughs> naval derby yeah <laughs> uh, so I'll quickly run through those results um Shrewsbury drew three all with Swindon Swindon are under they've got a new manager name escapes me off the top of my head it might be John Sheridan John Sheridan yeah he was certainly yeah. in the room with the I think it is mm. certainly seems interesting supporting Swindon this year there seem to be a lot of goals in their games it'd be interesting how they get on without Richie Wellens um Sunderland lost 2-1 at home to Milton Keynes. They are on the receiving end of a bad penalty decision, Craig. You've got a feel for them, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shame it wasn't, you know, it swings and roundabouts. It seemed that Milton Keynes benefited from our bad luck. You know, if they, things even themselves out, well, they did They did for Milton Keynes on our behalf, I think. Mm, indeed. No, no sympathy, though. Their, their fans were going mental on Twitter, but there you not go. Very good, though. I mean, really not very good, are they? I thought they were poor. When I yeah. saw, I mean, yeah, they were there for the taking, and we all know what happened when we played, and they were absolutely there for. The, I thought they were poor side, really poor. Yeah. And, and Milton Keynes, um, on the other hand, they were bottom of the league when we um, drew at their place earlier on the season. Well, half decent. We, we were quite. They were half decent, yeah, really? and they've really kicked on since then. Really were. Um, really yeah, were. They, were they were tidy enough, and they just didn't have any much up front, did they? But um, I think they've, they've rectified that, and also. So you'll talk, talk about it in a second, but crew as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. From what I remember from MK yeah, in that so, game, they played, yeah, great. Crew, crew um, won 2-0 against Peterborough. Imagine that was a pretty watchable game, don't you think? At crew as well. Yeah, judging by the performance crew put on down here, absolutely, yeah. Still a mm. bit um, a bit surprised that Peterborough, not maybe lost, but didn't score, misfired in that game, for goodness sake. I didn't see who played and who didn't play, whether Clark Harris, Johnson, you know, played or... Dembele played. I didn't notice, but yeah, that was a that was a great win. Yeah. Mm. Uh, elsewhere, Bristol Rovers won Fleetwood four. They seem to be picking up now. Northampton nil. Accrington Stanley one. Um, Hull, who we're playing in a couple of weeks, won two nil at home to Burton. I realised yesterday that Hull have obviously I knew that they had Josh Emmanuel playing right back, but they've got Callum Elder playing left back. Mm. He was briefly on loan yeah. with us in our stinky relegation season um and yeah that wraps it up so we're we're now in third place and those results led to our goalkeeping coach jimmy walker he's quite outspoken on twitter 
saying this, some good results for us today. Massive few weeks ahead. League one is bonkers and dare I say it, very average. If we don't finish top four minimum, we might as well wrap up. Now, I think we, we're all nodding along in agreement with what he's saying and he, he's not wrong. But Joe Fares asks, what are your thoughts on Jimmy Walker's tweets last night? Do they reflect badly on the management with regards to how the league is viewed? And ultimately, do you agree with this sentiment? I'll start with you, Craig. Um, well, I don't think he's towing the company line, is he? With no. those, uh, yeah. <laughs> those comments, they seem to be going slightly contradictory to what Paul Lambert's uh, churning out post-match every every game. Um, he's, he's just put piling pressure on themselves, isn't he? As, them as a as a coaching unit. You know, yes, it it probably is a an average team. You take away a sort of average league, take away the top clump of teams who are sort of pulling away and the rest of it is pretty pretty average um but by that token then yes we should be top four minimum and yeah let's see proof is in the pudding i suppose in terms of whether they can uh you know turn it turn it not turn it around but get up there towards the top of the league as i say it's 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 contrary to what we're we're being told post-match by the manager um, whether Jimmy'd been enjoying himself on a on a weekend off and uh, decided to take the social media, who knows? Um, but I'd be interested to see how it's how it's viewed in the uh, in the in the in the change rooms or in the management manager's office on uh, tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's an an interesting one, isn't it, Dave? Because the fans seem to really like reading that on Twitter. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and when Joe tweeted that question, a few people responded as well to say. It's nice to fit, finally hear hear Absolutely. some truth coming out of the club. But but do you think that that's is is it maybe a touch unprofessional or or do you bit, think he's got every bit, right? Probably to... is probably is a little bit, but I think he's nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. It's a very average league, and if you look at the you know if you look at what we we all think and probably know the strength of our squad, we know how good it how good it potentially is. Um, yeah, we should be. You know, I I think any failure to Top two is a bit harsh, but I think any failure, not to sort of top four. And it, and it is it is a failure. Absolute massive failure. This league is huge, massively average. I haven't really seen them. Well, well, funny enough, crew probably. I thought they're outstanding, but um, I haven't seen anything. And, you know, even Portsmouth. I mean, if that was Portsmouth's first team, you know, first choice 11 that they put out in the cup game last week, were again, you know, very, very okay at time for early early doors first half a couple of mistakes and they're all over all over us but you know other than that very very yeah very average really yeah mm. we should be i'm pleased he's come out and said it because the pressure should be on the pressure should be on those players to perform absolutely i'd really see it just that is actually a window into the thinking of the club as in, in general you know he's not going to be speaking out a turn i wouldn't have thought in terms of no. what's happening and what's being said behind the scenes you know we may be getting told something else just you know the normal boring answers to get churned out after every match but it's probably interesting to see that that's actually that is the way that they're thinking and if it is then good i'm glad, yeah, I'm glad that's the way be. they're thinking mm. yeah i guess it was quite refreshing to hear as well is you've you've already touched upon that craig because it's so different to what we've been hearing elsewhere and jimmy walker is kind of somewhere in between the players and the management isn't he so you maybe get the most honest assessment from a half-cut goalkeeper coach on twitter <laughs> allegedly <laughs> allegedly half-cut um, it was a Saturday evening. I think there's certainly no judging here. Um, this is a, a mailbag edition. But before we get on to those uh, questions, I'll just go through the rest of the news from this week. And on Tuesday night, we exited the Papa John's Trophy, um, a young town team losing 2-0 there. And this is a bit of a shame for the younger players, isn't it, Dave? But potentially a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I must admit, I didn't, I didn't watch, I wasn't there, I didn't, didn't, I don't say what wasn't there, I didn't watch Tuesday. Yeah, I think good experience for the younger players, but from what I understand, I listened to a tiny bit of it, but from what I understand, just they were perhaps a bit more physical, perhaps a bit more physical. I think we, again, we played some nice football, but again, from what I understand, in our own half again, um, which seems to be a running, obviously a running theme right through the club these days. Um, so a bit of frustration there, but um, I didn't see the first goal. I saw the second goal. He looked, took it really well. Someone, I think someone on our WhatsApp said, well, maybe the keeper's at fault there, but I thought he'd absolutely mega finish when it flashed it in the far corner. But no, you know, for all, for all those players, just 
yeah, can't hurt. Good experience. Just a shame we didn't, you know, we didn't get through and then have a, you know, another game at some point. And I know, I know before anyone says, yeah, but it's another game and we don't need it. It's a Mickey Mouse trophy, but, you know, good competitive game for those, for those kids, really. Yeah, Craig, you, you did watch it. Um, and I think it might have even been you that suggested that the keeper might have saved that second goal. Um, yeah, where where do you where do you stand on it all? Are you maybe a little bit disappointed that it's like it's, there's going to be less opportunities now for the youngsters to make a claim for a place in the team, isn't there? Yeah, I think you know had had we got through, we'd have used it the next round in exactly the same manner. We wouldn't have been putting any first team players mm-hmm. anywhere anywhere close to the starting 11 unless they were coming back from injury if Kane Vincent Young suddenly appears from nowhere and needs 45 minutes or something like that then so be it but um yeah it was it was just a tidy enough performance but it was pretty powder puff in terms of yeah as Dave said anything other than our how our half really we just didn't make any any real inroads into their you know into their defense and Bennett's played and sort of didn't really do Mm. much he he I think the the issue he had is that he was getting on the ball slow, so fleetingly. He was trying to do a lot with it every time he did get the ball, you know, and therefore trying too hard and it failing and it, you know, not coming off. So he didn't really stand out much. Um, yeah, it, it was uh, Viral, the the French um, kid, played played nice and tidily. Although I don't think that was his his uh, normal position, just in front of the back four. Um, and Darba did okay. Um, but yeah, it was just. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty sterile match to be fair. But the lad didn't the lad Zach Brown come on as sub. I've seen him play a couple of times. I don't really go. I'm not a, you know as much as Joe used to. You know, going up pretty much watch them all the time. But when I have been up and seen like the 18s and stuff like that, he's just stood, he's just stood. He's got pace to burn. He's quite aggressive. Not the biggest lad, but absolute quick and pacey. And I did did hear a little bit at the end of the game when he came on and they actually said that well, I think Marcus Stewart said that yeah he'd certainly livened things up. Yeah, he came on and played played on the right of the, yeah, of the front quick. three, um, and then yeah, just, it was a lot more direct than mm. the guys that had been there previous. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, there was another game in the week that was quite interesting. It might have caught the eye. That was Scotland uh, drawing against Serbia and then qualifying for the Euros via a penalty shootout. I believe Paul Lambert was a, a pundit or on Cocom somewhere along the line. He was on. He was on. Um, breakfast TV the next morning. I can't believe it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm on the BBC. And Paul yeah. Lambert. It's yeah, good to I'm... know that he's over his media fatigue, though, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and he had a few things to say about his job, the job that he's done overall at Ipswich so far. And I'll just read through the quotes, and then we've got a couple of Twitter questions on on this subject. Um, so Paul Lambert said, "I think the club's in a lot better place than it was when we came into it. That's for sure." Then he said, I think the football we're playing is really good. And if the club sticks to that philosophy going forward, then it will be in a really healthy place. You can't judge everything by short term markers because it will take a number of years to get things how we want it. We can't buy players and we need to nurture what we have and look at free transfers. It's not ideal. And of course, we want to be in a higher league, but the football we're playing is good. Interesting. He didn't say really, really good. Uh, we didn't want Incredible. to get relegated, even if we came in at a difficult time with everything up in the air. The club had lost a lot of very good players and was, bu- and was building a new team that needed time to gel and adjust to the size of the club. I'm happy with how it's going. So we have a couple of questions on this. Um, Ipswich, Reggio, do you believe the club is in a better place than when he took over? Uh, he agrees that he agrees with some of it, but is the club in a best place being in a lower division are the finances improving are fans happier is the future brighter uh so i'll throw those ones in your direction craig um dave you can have a think about this one from daniel mckenzie he asks uh, for our thoughts on it is he overstepping his remit talking about things behind the scenes surely this points to fundamental mismanagement by evans poor scouting sports science and a flat management structure so yeah first of all craig are the fans happier? <laughs> uh, and is the I, future brighter? And is the club in a better place? It's in a, it's in a in a different league to what it was when he took over. Um, we were only five points clear of safety when he when he took over. Um, I like the faces. Was it? You can't judge everything by short term markers like results. For example, he's. <laughs> Presume he's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm presume he's referring to, you yeah. know, we don't, we don't know, you know, we, we only get, um, snippets from people who may have been, you know, 
gone behind the scenes at training ground and in the changing rooms and thing, things that have had to be put in place, um, ripped out and started again from that perspective, you know, from an infrastructure perspective and a setup perspective. Um, we, we don't get to see that, you know, we can't, we can't comment. Um, very few people get a chance to go behind the scenes. So I think he's, he's probably referring to more to the, the structure and the, and the, um, the, the I got, I just the building blocks rather than the, the bit that we see the top of the iceberg, if you like, you know, it's the bit underneath mm. the water that we're not seeing. Um, I'm not entirely sure that it's true. Um, he's, as he's, he's probably over-egging the pudding a little bit because, you know, at the end of the day, as football fans, you're really just only interested in the results and the league position and um, and performances, aren't you? Um, performances are tailing off, getting a bit more tepid. Um, results remains to be seen. You know, whether we take these cup recent cup results into into the mix because of the changes in in team setup. You know, I think we can only really judge it on, on league on league position on league results. Um, so let's see what you're saying in four weeks' time. Mm. If indeed he, he is um, still at the club. Uh, so Dave, yeah, my question to you was was the Daniel McKenzie question. Is he overstepping his remit talking about these things behind the scenes? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, getting back, I think to dwell a bit on the on the first question, really, I think looking at the fixtures, probably the next the next two weeks, even you know, before the end of November, could have a big factor with the two shouting at Hull at home. Um, is he overstepping his remit? No. Um, you know, I think he's frustrated. Obviously, there is frustration there. The finances clearly aren't there. Um, but there are signs, you know, when he... Um, the club was, and I hate that word, but the club was like toxic, wasn't it, when he when he came in? And we all said, you know, he made his great strides to, you know, embrace the embrace the sort of history of the club at first and perhaps get the fan base on side, which largely I think, largely he's been successful in doing. Obviously, in a different, as Craig said, obviously in a different in a different division now. But I think with that comes the expectation that um, we need to, you know, we 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 don't belong in this division. We should we shouldn't be in this division, you know. Hmm. So, yeah, another Lambert question here for you, Craig. What are your views on Lambert constantly telling the media we've been outstanding? And is he happy? Are you happy with the direction things are going since he's been at the club? Um, I think we can only assume that what's being said publicly isn't the same as what's being said behind closed doors, is it? You know, mm. it, it's it's there just as a you know, managers say stuff. And I don't think we should read too much into it in terms of going into the minutiae and pulling it to pieces because they'll come out and just say stuff for the just to to answer a question to answer a mundane question with a mundane answer yeah we've we've been brilliant well anyone's you know, plain as a nose on your on your face that haven't been mick mccarthy did the same thing didn't he you know you'd watch a dog of a performance and he'd come out and say that we played perfectly well and it was Fabulous. a yeah respectable result etc well we know it's not but it's just uh, just a token, a token answer to a to a run-of-the-mill question. I, just, I don't think we should read too much into it. I say we all we can hope is that behind the scenes, the, the the Jimmy Walker view of things is the real view of things within the club and within the changing room, rather than. Do you know, told. it's reaching a balance, isn't it? Because look what happened with the last manager, Hurst. I mean, okay, yeah. he lasted five minutes, but he started digging players out. Well, you <laughs> can't. You, sorry, you can't. That is overstepping the mark. You can't do that. You need to find a balance. So, you know, on the one hand, as far as the media and fans are concerned, yeah, he's been loyal to his players, which, yeah, manager should be. But you're quite right. Behind the scenes, it might be completely, no doubt, a completely different story. And I'd, I'd imagine after the EFL trophy, then, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, he's got a team full of kids that are playing there. So he's not going to be saying, you know, no. we were we were poor. We didn't get the ball forward quickly enough. You know, we didn't create any chances. He's going to he's going to big them up because that's... And if you, as you said, if that's the club's philosophy, the way they went and play football, then yeah, apparently it was a carbon sort of almost carbon copy performance, wasn't it? Neat and tidy football, but perhaps not in the right areas of the pitch again. But yeah, yeah. that that brings me nicely onto Mark's question, Dave. Um, is Lambert telling the players to pass back and forth across the goalkeeper and defence for hours? He says it's the most boring, unthreatening football he's oh, ever seen is. watching Town. 
Um, awful to watch. Lots of possession, then a ball up to nowhere, lose it and get well, hit on the counter. I go back to what I said. I think I don't know if you guys were on the pod when I said it. Maybe a couple of weeks ago, I um, I made the mistake of um, watching the. Well, no, actually, it was quite good. I watched the first half of the Lincoln game with the home commentary, hmm. and they were laughing at it. They were just absolutely laughing at it, and they said, well, "What is this? Is just." And I don't know who the commentator was. I don't even know who the samurai. Obviously, an ex-pro, and he said, "Well, this is just a joke." At this level, he said, "This is just a joke because." It's just no, there's just no point to it, and it's right because two or three, there were two, three phases of play that first half where we'd get the ball and we'd go from I think it was Wilson and Ncial was it Wilson Ncial are fullbacks back in, back in, ball never touched, obviously Dizel, ball never touched our front players, and then um, it ended with a ball being passed back and either Ncial or a Holy just going booting long and losing possession anyway, so. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, if it, I guess, I guess if there was a, um, if only there was a sort of promotion spot up for possession, I think we'd probably be romping it, wouldn't we? It's, but, it's very, very similar to the way we, when um, McCarthy used to try and play a slightly <laughs> shorter, but in a passing style, we'd do exactly that, wouldn't we? We'd get the ball and basically we just regress further and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, and, deeper and we just get squished in, squished in, and then one of the, whether Bearer or Chambers, end up with them just to loop. Yeah, I mean, I suppose in well, every, and I'd say that perhaps football that... was more unwatchable, but obviously against much better opposition, wasn't yeah. it? And I guess that's much that's be- disappointing people so much. Well, right, much better opposition, and also for the majority of that, you had much better quality of front player as well. You know, yeah. well, okay, I'll we'll go to a couple of seasons of Murphy, and well, when he was fit, McGoldrick, a much, much better, much yeah, better quality of player there. <laughs> Yeah, but you, you you don't underestimate the gap between I'm sorry the gap between League One the Championship is yeah. massive. Do we think it, it can't be the plan though, can it, to pass it about at the back and then play it long? It's just that they're no. the opposition has switched onto it and then they don't know what to do. No, it's when no they're closed B. down. It, so the answer kind of is, yeah, we're all disappointed. We're not enjoying watching it, but we don't think that they're being told to just pass it about at the back aimlessly. No, no I, I think I, they're I, being told to keep possession. Mm. Yeah, and I, I just think, from Different personally, things. from my perspective, is it shows you how important Dizel and Bishop are in in that midfield because yeah. you know when Bishop when he gets the ball, he's not looking to go backwards. If he can go forward with the ball, he will go forward with the ball. And similarly, Dizel, if he can pass it forward, he will pass it forward. Whereas I'm not entirely sure John Nolan, for example, uh, if the forward ball's there. He won't necessarily pass it. He's already thinking about passing it backwards and keeping keeping possession. Whereas mm. at least the other two younger kids will will actually their first thought is a forward pass or a forward run. And if it's not there, then so be it. But I'm not convinced that the other member of that midfield three, whoever it happens to be, Hughes, Judge, Nolan, they're not wired the same way currently. No, I honestly think that the key, if we are going to continue to play like that, the key to our season could well be a fit and firing Flynn Downs. I really do. Hmm. Yeah, is there any time scale on Flynn Downs? Do we do we have any idea when he might be back? So we, was it three months they were speaking about initially? I, I, okay, and that must have been two months ago. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's a young lad, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think he, him, to be fair, you know, a, a Dizel Bishop Downs central midfield three <laughs> pretty much covers, ticks every box, doesn't it? Yeah. Hmm. It covers all of it. It covers you completely those three between them would be that's just, just head and shoulders i'm sorry that's head and yeah. shoulders the best if if we can if we field if we can field for the majority of the rest of the seasons in the coming weeks not you know say we get into december or maybe even the new year he's fit and we can play a midfield three like that i'm sorry if we if we underachieve playing a midfield three like that then something's seriously wrong might, might as well to pack me. up to well, well see, no, honestly <laughs> might as well wrap up did he say might as well wrap, wrap up, up yeah. because um that is to me is head and shoulders above anything else in that division my god but you don't see any of that midfield three actively, <laughs> actively looking to be passive with the ball, do you? They, no. they would all actually drive. Yeah, down, exactly. Driving that. forward, yeah. Bishop would yeah. be. Yeah. No, you're right. And you made a really good point in that Dizel interview, which was quite good, Craig, where you said that you know um, it was a good point you made when you said you always feel comfortable when on when Dizel's in possession that he's going to play one. He's going to usually play it forward, and two, he's going to play the right pass. Yeah. Hmm. And that's, what, that's what Jason Dezel was like as well, wasn't it? I've, I, I I've only got, got to see him play in, the, in his second spell, but he, brain. he loves that that little flick forward to the centre forward or the the wide player, didn't he? It was yeah, he, he quite often like that, a 20 yard pass. 
again, that helped though. If you've got forward in the caliber of Kawamia for those couple of seasons, it's just almost telepathic, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, yeah, we don't have uh, Chris Kawamia, but we do have James Norwood. And there's a question from FPL Tractor on um, James Norwood. Did the 30 minutes of James Norwood before he got injured slash cramp slash knackered versus Pompey show us what we can be with him in the side? He's more mobile in a goal threat than Hawkins whilst being happy up front on his own. Yeah, I know um, he's, he's had his problems and there's rumours going around that he might be injured again. But would you agree that, Dave, that he is probably our best striking option? Yeah, I think I think he showed enough because he's, he's got that mobility. But more important, he's got an eye for goal, isn't he? I think Hawkins has, I think Hawkins has done pretty well considering yeah. he's been thrown yeah. in there. But And he's got a goal. You know, yeah, he's got a goal. But... Um, no, I think you saw what what could it, it could possibly look like when um yeah when Norwood had that what half hour little cameo as such last um last weekend and yeah I've heard that rumor as well that it might be uh, we might not perhaps see him next game potentially. The thing is with with Hawkins and Norwood when when Hawkins is playing the onus is on everyone else to score the goals isn't it? It's on Edwards and yeah. whoever else is playing wide to score the goals or Bishop to get forward. At least when Norwood's playing the onus moves more onto him or the, the focus moves more onto him and he's more capable of, of carrying that carrying that burden as well, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Erin hmm. uh, Pembish asks Craig, well, he says, first of all, thanks as always for the pod team. Hey, very welcome. We enjoy doing them. He says, with the large squad we're still carrying, hopefully coming useful now, how would you like rest slash rotation to be managed in the coming months? And how do you think it will be managed, Craig? Um, I Anybody? think we just yeah, yeah we, we have got a big squad but let's see how many of them are actually available um, but he's kind of making that point isn't he that it's yeah. it's a good job that we do have it because we're getting so many bloody injuries yeah yeah. Um, I think you need to keep the, the key players of the season so far um, whether it be the spine of the team because we've, we've sort of shown that the centre-halves are sort of exchangeable um you know, the, the the two that started did a fair job um the two that have replaced them have done a, a fair job um so i wouldn't have many qualms about you know, chopping and changing those if if there's at least maybe one ball player between the between the two of them um i'd ha- i'd always have dizel playing because i say as as above as we were just talking about him and i'd always have him and bishop as much as you can they've just got to play just yeah. to keep us that momentum up the pitch because you know we look so pedestrian and mm. passive with the ball. And, that, and maybe maybe try and rest Bishop every now and again if he's playing three games in a week. Maybe make sure that he's not playing more than one the following week. Yeah, yeah, you got to be sensible with him. Obviously, I I don't know how sophisticated our sports science is. You know, going about Arsene Wenger's red zone, for example. I'm not I'd imagine most of our players are pretty much in that all the time. I think it's a sponge in a bucket, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Bit of Roundjack spray. Never did Russell Osman any harm, though, did it, Dave? Uh, get that deep heat on you. You'll be all right. Tiger Balm or something, yeah. Yeah. Um, Fisherman's friend. Oh, that was the worst. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, don't know. Edwards has played well, hasn't he? Edwards has arguably been our man of the season so far in yeah. terms of performances, goals, assists. Um, yeah. But then, and then again, we're talking about the front players. We're now getting back to having, if, if Jackson's now around, you've got Hawkins around, Norwood up in the air about whether he'll be available um, or not. But that area of the pitch is you're starting to get um, your players back again. So, you know, I think if, if you could keep Bishop, Dazelle, Edwards in the team, um, Ward as much as you can, probably at left back, and then, yeah, a more regular centre forward, I think you'd be you'll be OK. And then the rest can... Drop in and out as and when required. You know the um, the non-performing third central midfielder can switch between Hughes and uh, Nolan and Judge. Hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, so I, lo- I like the way you've wrapped that up. We will be reviewing and marking each player out of ten for their performances so far after these questions. Um, there was a, twi- a Twitter poll on Blue Monday about what people would like from this show, and it was pretty close between a mailbag and and then player reviews so we've kind of done both um adam flat asks dave do serious questions about lambert's future need to be asked asked if we fail to beat at least one of hull and charlton so this is going back to our struggles against the the teams around us from last season 
Well, yeah, it will just be hanging there if we don't win. If we don't win one of those, I mean, yeah, it, that has to change. If we've got any aspirations at all, we I think we have to win one of those games. We need to start beating these teams around us. So, yeah, I'd probably. I mean, out of those terms, just looking at the fixtures there, you know, you'd probably take get that monkey off your back, even if you, even if you beat Shrewsbury because it's three home games. Well, okay, does it matter? But three games at home, even if you beat Shrewsbury and then just take a win against Hull and Charlton and maybe lose one of those. I'll take that mm. just to, just to get that. Yeah. That, that sort of weight off really, because it is a factor. And if we don't, we're just, it's good. Well, it's going to peter out like last season. really. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm refusing to get excited about this season until regardless of where we are until we beat somebody decent. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. If they could beat Hull, it would be such a, not momentous result, no, but it would it would just <laughs> it would feel know, momentous though, wouldn't it? It would, it would do, wouldn't it? In the whole scheme, whole scheme of things, Woo-hoo. just to beat a team that's you know above us in the league would be uh, now you're right. And looking at looking at the form, I mean, I don't know how won yesterday, but I mean, Charlton, well, they lost in the cup, I think, but they're on a streak, aren't they? What five yeah. or six on the spin, so well, that, uh, that's the third game in the in the trilogy, isn't it? So yeah, arousing, arousing. Um, I mean, again, this is a shame. Look, three home games in a week. You know, those Hull and Charlton game teams around you normally, you know, be half decent crowd, all right. Even if, even if we didn't perform as we as we don't usually against these teams. But yeah, that's when I think you'll start to miss these these big these big games really. Mm. And the, uh, just going back to the original question about the pressure being on Lambert, the, the issue he has is he has no credit in the bank, does he? He's got no zero. Man. Zero credit in the bank. So yeah, Sim- Simo has asked Craig, will Evans be sharpening the axe anytime soon? He he asked about the style of football, which we've already talked about. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with Talksport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Uh, I don't think he will, will he? No. He's got, he's got, For as long as we're in, in with the shout of the playoffs, yeah, yeah, he's probably going nowhere, is he? He's not going to want to pay him off for four years, is he? Or whatever is left. Of course he's not. No. Well, we're, well, we're, you're right. While we're in amongst it, then um, no, it'll be fine. Okay. And just to wrap up these questions, uh, Mark Beck of the Unrestricted Pod has asked a golf-related question, Dave, kind Ooh. of. Um, he says, I hope you enjoyed not having to worry too much about town this weekend. With the Masters being on, can you rate the difficulty of town's opening 11 games with a par score? And whether it's an eagle, double bogey, or somewhere in between in terms of our results. So <laughs> while, while you have a quick think about that, Dave, I I, I little think about this. And if if a a golf tournament lasts for four rounds, and um, I would say that first round we're about one under par, but uh-huh. we've played the chip and putt at Stolen Barnes <laughs> so far. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had a couple of bogeys. 
very tricky that course at few birdies, but nothing really to write write home about because the holes are really short, meaning the opposition have been a bit weak. Yeah, we haven't we haven't, we haven't seen any sort of four four hundred and fifty yard dog leg par fours, have we yet? No, maybe maybe that's what Hull will be. Maybe. Even the, Good question. Even if they have got Emmanuel. That isn't actually how he wanted us to answer it, though. Um, uh, we're probably. I would say overall, probably par at the moment. Probably mm. par. I'd say at the moment. Par. Yeah. Yeah. What would, what would be? A, what would we? Well, we're still two points a game, aren't we? So if you look at that, that's par, yeah. isn't it? Was it stable for points? <laughs> yeah, that'd be dreadful, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, after 11 holes, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, come on. I was, was going to say, what would you? What would constitute a par position in the league up to now? It probably would be about third, wouldn't it? Third or fourth, yeah. which is pretty much yeah. where we are. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Luckily, there's no Dustin Johnson running away with it at this stage. <laughs> Hang on, what's that? He just made quadruple bogey. Oh, tant amount of Peterborough losing at crew, that is. <laughs> Lovely stuff. So, yeah, thanks to everyone who got involved there with the mailbag, um, all the questions and comments. Um, and, yeah, as I mentioned, we did a, a, a poll on Twitter um, about what this podcast should be. Um, and, yeah, quite a few people wanted a squad review. So, Rich kindly set up a Google sheet and every single contributor on the podcast from this season has put in their ratings onto the Google sheet. And I'll quickly read through these, um, starting with the goalkeepers, of course. So Thomas Holy came. So this was these were ratings out of 10. Thomas Holy is 6.33. He didn't have nobody rated him higher than a seven, um, but nobody rated him lower than a six. Um, and Cornell, obviously, we haven't seen as much of. He's 5.83. Um, do you think that's about, about fair, Craig, if six is about average? Yeah, I think so. Neither, you know, if Holy, you know, as we've spoken about before, he, he had, he's, had, he's been better in the, in the more recent games, to be fair to him. Um, I think I gave him a six, just a yeah, middling average enough performance so far, isn't it, I think? Albeit, yeah. you know, he played well in the last... Um, league game and helped us helped us win it but yeah i think that's pretty pretty fair pretty fair reflection on where both of them are aren't they in that uh, cornell's probably just a little bit below him mm. yeah um yeah I, i'll just encourage our listeners and viewers to to comment on twitter or youtube um your ratings for the players so far this season you can you can even use decimal points if you want um so we'll move into the defenders we haven't seen much of mark mcginnis but yeah, so it's probably no surprise that he's rated as 6.17. Um, again, nobody rated him lower than a 6. Uh, Stephen Ward, he's had a promising start. He's obviously missed a couple of games, but he's rated 7.17, which is decent. And the second best of the defenders, because Luke Chambers, Dave, got a rating of 7.67. You got a few 8s. I'm just having a look. Did you rate him as an 8? I think it was a solid 7 for me. Yeah, okay. he's, he's done, and you can't say he's done really well right back. He, he has done well. He has done well. You know, he hasn't. You know, I can't remember him really being taken to the proverbial cleaners by anyone in particular. And he's got up the pitch well as well. So mm. yeah, he, he surprised me. I think I said on the pod where, you know, obviously um, uh, Joe Joe's a big fan. I know. Um, um, yeah, and I, I had to say he's really surprised me. And I think he just looks comfortable there, more comfortable there than centre half. You know, um, what happens when? the lesser spotted Kane Vincent Young appears I don't know but we'll see <laughs> that doesn't seem to be any time yet but who knows maybe it, it would be a, ni- it would be a, a nice Lazarus, problem to have a Lazarus like reappearance at some point <laughs> but uh, yeah no I think Chambers has been solid really good mm. I think and Ward's Ward's rating just shows how you know what, what we yeah. think his importance is towards the team yeah. as well isn't he just just a le- level above isn't he yeah yeah. Good yeah everyone gave him a seven apart from Ben who went for eight um, so he's obviously a big favourite of Mr. Bloom. Uh, James Wilson, interestingly, is quite highly. His performances are quite highly regarded um, by the team. He's 6.67. It's mostly, well, exclusively sixes and sevens across the board for him. Is it a bit of a strange one, Craig, that he seems to be out in the cold now? Yeah, and completely out in the cold, isn't he? He's not appearing on the bench, and Toto's being given the captain's armband in 
in comparison. So yeah, I don't know what's going on there. So it seems very harsh on the guy because you know he he hadn't really put a foot wrong. You know, you know what you're going to get with him. He's a solid League One defender, pretty much central defender. That's what he is, mm. and that's what he was doing for the first. Yeah, half a dozen, eight, ten games of the season, whatever it was that he played along with Enciala. But yeah, he, you know, I think I think he's been treated harshly. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, where he's been ill, whether he's been injured. Yeah, I, I looked at I looked at that and thought, mate, he must have been ill or something like that because he disappeared from the squad when they first went with was it the Crew game, League game when they went with McGuinness and Wolfenden. And yeah, he it was didn't, the game he, after the Doncaster game. And he was completely it? out of the squad completely, wasn't he? I, I, it must be illness, mustn't it? But nothing was said. But I think, I'm sure he was back on the bench. He's been back on the bench subsequent to that, though, hasn't he? I'm sure yeah. he was. Like last week, Sunderland, I think he was. Yeah, he didn't play against Portsmouth, though, which, no, which was a true. bit strange. He was on yeah. the bench, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Wolfenden has obviously had a very disappointing season. Uh, you gave him a, a seven, Craig, because... You liked what I guess you liked what you saw of him against was it Crew game when he came in? Yeah. Um, he's, his rating is quite low, maybe partly because of me giving him a four. A... Yeah, five point eight three. But then brutal, brutal, Mikey. Yeah, that isn't what? based on the fact that he's playing. It's the fact that he's not managed to get himself into the team despite all of that quality. So that's why I've given him a four because I said five is average, four is below average. He's had a below average season. That's that's the way I. I um, perceive it. Yeah, but then he was—he wasn't going to be coming into the team ahead of two guys who were keeping clean sheets, was he? That's that yeah, was the fairly conceded a goal. You're right. Reasoning yeah. behind it, wasn't it? So I just think he's played well since he's been in the team. I think him and him and McGuinness have both played well, to be fair to him, considering age and taking those sort of factors into consideration. I think they're both—they've sort of dovetailed quite well as as well as a, as a partnership. Hmm. Uh, Danassien is rated just just under six um he's he's been fine i think we're all fairly happy with Danassian being a, a backup well, he, option at right back well, we had a good game i thought he had a good game against, against um, portsmouth yeah yeah he's a bit naive is that the right word when he gave away the you know he got turned by harrison for the free kick for the winner didn't he but other than that i thought we had a really good game mm. yeah uh looking a bit further down and darba in I think he's having a, a pretty good season when he has played, but yeah, he's he's rated just below five, which is probably about right if you consider that he's probably our fourth, fifth, fifth choice centre back. Uh, Enciala got sixes across the board. He yeah, we all in total agreement on the performances of Enciala. Um, it's probably a six because it averages out because sometimes he's an eight or a nine, and then other times he's a three <laughs> or a two, four, isn't he? He's a two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's six is the mean, isn't it? It's the mean for him. Yeah. Kane Vincent Young doesn't doesn't get uh, a rating, yeah. unfortunately, because we haven't seen him. Yeah. Miles Kenlock averaged out as five. Um, again, a steady-ish backup at left back, but one. It's diffi- I think it's difficult when you're c- comparing him to Wargs. I think Ward yeah. has had such an impact, hasn't he? You can see the impact that he's had on the, you know, that he's pretty much had on the team you know so i think kenlock perhaps struggles you know to, re- to replace that yeah. yeah i think to be fair to kenlock though he hasn't he hasn't really had you know a, a stinker of a performance when he has had to replace ward has he yet um he's been all right he hasn't stood out going forward or, or at the back but he hasn't really stood out as being poor but as they said you're just comparing him to ward aren't you that's his yeah issue. Yeah. I just think he just gets docked the point for that ungainly running style. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not great to watch even on iFollow, is it? Uh, Joe, moving into the midfielders and John Nolan, I think may, maybe it's a little harsh, 5.5, because he's had a couple of decent games. He's, made, he's scored, scored a he's couple just... of goals as well, but I think he's maybe just a player that we do, we're a bit fed up or we don't really enjoy watching. <laughs> Just frustrating, isn't he? Just yeah. frustrating. I think between five and six is fair, isn't it? You know, yeah, he's yeah. he's he might have a an occasional seven and a half, eight match, but he has far more four and a half, five matches. A, I think scored two or three goals. Does he two or three goals? He scored. That's a few. So I remember him scoring at Crystal Rovers. Yeah. He scored one or two. Yeah, he scored he? at Ports against Portsmouth in the cup as well. Oh, yeah, because he. I think he scored. Week. Yeah, because he did. 
That was his only, his only forward pass last week was when he passed it <laughs> to the net. <laughs> but that's what he can do. This is a frustrating yeah. thing. That's exactly what he can do. You know, he yeah. finds himself in that position. Great finish. I remember, did he not score again in our relegation schemes? Or a really good goal. Yeah, West Brom. Da- and, West Brom. And at home Dar- to Derby, yeah. Derby. Brilliant. Mm. And you, you know you've got it. And that's the frustrating thing. When he gets himself, yeah. when he kicks on and gets himself in those positions, I mean, you'd say, OK, he wasn't that far out last week. But it was a great, really good finish. You know, control, spin, mm. no chance for the keeper. So he's got that in his in his locker, as they say. But it's, he does but frustrate. The thing, the thing is, when he plays well, we big him up on here, saying he's got love, fantastic oh, yes, feet. But he has. Yeah. He's, he you know, he's, I couldn't tell you which foot, which foot is his predominant no. foot either. Mm. But, but he just doesn't footballer. do it. Elegant footballer. Yeah, but... Yeah, <laughs> Staying with the ginger centre midfielders and and one man that he's had an excellent season so far. We've all rated him really highly as Teddy Bishop. Uh, his score averaged out as 8.17. Outstanding. Um, ben gave him a nine. Everyone else gave him an eight. He has been outstanding. He's been you excellent, know, he's hasn't he? He's just got it, hasn't he? He's just got He's the one player that's... Okay, Edwards has done really well, but he's the one player that just gives you something different. You know, he can sort of push off on either foot. He just drops his shoulder a little bit. Not the quickest, doesn't look the quickest player, but he's clever, isn't he? He'll, mm. You know, he'll break the lines and he'll get in those little pockets. And, well, look at his goal output this season. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, if he stays fit, I mean, I don't think there's many better midfield players in the division than him. To do mm. what he does, he's, yeah. Especially well, yeah, now if he stays he's... fit and has a really good season. <laughs> who, knows, who knows? You know, he, he's that good. I think he is. But but he, you're right. You're right. Well, good point you make, Mikey, that he needs, I think, as these games, what, we've got, Christ, 10 games in the next six weeks. Yeah, we'll, we'll need handling, won't we? Yeah, but he's had this. Uh, it's going to be a two-week break by the time we play Shrewsbury. This, this, this could be quite handy for a couple of our players, this little break. Yeah. Um, we're obviously playing Charlton on the on the Saturday in a couple of weeks now as well, which is handy. Um, I'll move on to the next midfielder. Your, I think your fellow Essex boy, Flynn Downs, Craig is just under five. He's 4.5 because he, we haven't really seen much of him. And when he has come on to me, he's looked like he's going to get himself sent off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He looks a cut a frustrated figure when he comes on. Yeah. Didn't he? He's with mm. a, with a point to prove he was, I can't be which game it was that he came on and with, Within 30 seconds, he was, yeah. We were 3-1 up as well, weren't we? Jumping into someone, wasn't he? Yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of pent-up frustration that he's looking to get out. But, yeah, we're missing him. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, But I'll just go back to Teddy Bishop. Is he ginger? He's strawberry blonde. He's strawberry blonde, yeah. 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 Ginger beard. Bit harsh, Mikey. Yeah. (laughs) Not that we're calling ginger. You know, why is it hard to be ginger? Yeah, no, yeah, no, exactly. Not, on no, quite right. Sorry, I should, I should say that. Absolutely quite right. Yeah. Harsh, <laughs> harsh to get his hair colour wrong, I meant. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. And a shout out to all the snowflakes um, listening. Uh, Andre Dezel, um his rating just under eight, 7.67. I think we're all really pleased with what we've seen from Andre Dezel, but maybe feel that there's even slightly more to come Dave definitely I think so I think sometimes perhaps it looks as his style of play sometimes I think he perhaps takes the easy option but maybe if the part we don't see that but you know I follow we just don't see it do we you know maybe the pass isn't on but you know when he is when he is on song and he's picking those passes yeah there's um yeah there's 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 yeah, he's, he's crucial to us, I think, at the moment. And really great that he's had this run of games, which, as Craig said, with his, you know, interviewing his dad, he needed. And now I think he's proved himself. Um, yeah, it looks like he's getting stronger, stronger upper body, you know, starting to starting to withhold challenges. that I think it was always a bit of a criticism of him before. Um, yeah, no, he's had a he's, he's had a good season. Yeah, you rated him an eight. You rated him an eight, didn't you, Craig? Yeah, yeah, I just think he's integral to the way that we play. Um, you know, it's all pretty much the team's set up around him as being the focal point of the of the team. Um, and as Dave said, and I said said to his old man, we we all we do see is that one camera angle, you know, and we have to yeah. just go by that. So we can't see what else is potentially on or not. I just think that, you know, as I said in in the interview, I just trust him to be playing the right ball nine times out of ten. Mm. Whether it be forward, whether it be sideways, backwards, it's the it's the one that should be being played. And he's and as well, he's just adding the defensive qualities I think into his game a bit more purely by the fact that he's playing more often now. He is tracking mm. people back. He's getting sent off for knee high challenges and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. So 
you know, he's he's adding a bit of steel to his game as well, which can only you know, make him a more rounded midfielder, can't it? Mm. And just completing the midfielders is Emmy Hughes, and we've we've all spoken about how disappointed we've been by his struggle to get back to his old self. Yeah, and, uh, Seb Brown, like, we've 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 not marked the players that we haven't seen this season. For example, came Vincent Young, Cole Skews. Seb Brown didn't put a rating for Emmy Hughes. So I don't know whether that was an accident or whether he feels like he's gone missing in games this season. I just can't, it must be frustrating for him as well, though, mustn't it, to know what he is capable of and was capable of and the fact that his games are just passing him by now, aren't they? Mm. You know, Physically and metaphorically, he's, he's chasing shadows a lot of the times in the central midfield. And just, yeah, he's not noticed he's on the pitch, which is a... I think, devastating shame. Yeah, I think you nailed it there where you said not is what the player he was, you know. I think he's just not not reached that. Is he likely to? I mean, he was out a long, long time, wasn't he? You know, with setbacks and everything else arising out of that. So, yeah, shame. But um, who knows? You know, it may well, may well come. But, yeah, he hasn't shown it yet, has he? Hmm. One Welshman that is having a very good season, though, is Gwion Edwards-Craig. He, his rating came out at 8.17. Um I think we're all in complete agreement that he's been yeah, he's been a bit of a revelation for us this season. Always looks best when he's out on the left, doesn't he? Yeah, on the very rare occasions he's played there, he's he looks good. Um, and even when he's played on the right, he's he's actually getting forward and taking his men on. He's showing a good good um, change of pace as well. He's looking very very quick, both with and without the ball as well. Mm. He's he's played really well this season. Obviously, he's added goals. Um, and what he does as well, as we know, he, he helps out his fullback. You know, he does the defensive piece as well. So yeah, I think he's he's had a really really good start to the season. Um, and as we all know, he's out of contract in the in the summer. <laughs> as is everybody else. <laughs> everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jack Jack Lancaster. We it's haven't like seen loads loads of him yet, but he obviously scored that goal against Sunderland, and has, I think he's generally impressed. Impressed us when he has played. He he's got seven across the board. He's another one that um, we were unanimous in our rating for him. He kind uh, of makes he, he makes things happen, doesn't he? He does, Jack yeah. Lancaster, you know, scored a goal. Arguably, probably should have scored up. What well, I'm sure would have turned out to be a winner at Sunderland. A bit unfortunate, unfortunate there. A couple of good assists. Was it free kick? Bristol Rose and another another one or two assists. I can I can remember him having. He's just. Um, yeah, yeah, good technical football. I, I like I like Lancaster. I like, I like him a lot. Uh, as I said, he seems he seems to make things, you know, make things happen in there. And, and good that he's come back. And he's being trusted to play, isn't he? You know, he's yeah. being played yeah. when he's be, when he's fit. He's, he's pretty playing, much starting playing matches, quite a isn't central he? position, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, I'm not sure whether that's quite his role yeah. though, was it? But, no, no. But um, no, he's yeah. I think he deserves he deserves that. I think it was sevens across the board, wasn't it for him? Yeah, from us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Keenan Bennett came out at 4.83. We haven't seen loads of him yet. I think maybe we're a little bit concerned that he didn't rip it up uh, against Crawley on Tuesday night. The lad you had from Spurs last year. Yeah, Anthony Giorgio, Mark II. The same type player, just looks a player and looks, well, here we go, but not quite delivering yet. Again, might well well come, but yeah. yeah. I think you're right what you said earlier on about the game at Crawley perhaps and one or two other games I've seen him come on maybe he's just trying slightly too hard mm. yeah. quite possibly could, another it, man that does try maybe a little bit too hard is Alan Judge Craig <laughs> that was, we're all desperate for, to hear your listen, opinion on Alan Judge <laughs> for people listening listen that was Dave Scoff there as you mentioned his name not not mine um yeah again we, we you know we say we're disappointed with Emmy Hughes but bloody hell's bills I I, I don't know. I've, I've I've said enough. Think about Alan Judge, and he, he, again, you can tell he's he's got it all. You now he's technically, arguably, I suppose the one of the top two or three technically gifted footballers in the team. He takes every bloody free kick when he's on the pitch. Most yeah. of the corners when he's on the pitch. Can I can um, I just quickly ask it? Completing the midfielders is Armando Dobra. He's got the exact same rating as five point five, but we've obviously barely seen him this season. Would you like to see a lot more of Dobber and a lot less of Judge? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think Craig Craig's exactly right. Judge, I think I gave him four because he just frustrates me. Nolan frustrates me, but Judge is just beyond because technically he's he's, he's quite right, but he appears to be disciplined on the pitch. He set plays up by and large terrible. Um, 
oh, just incredibly, incredibly frustrating because you know the player that he is and, 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 and just could be, especially at that level, for goodness sake. You know, you can't can't argue he hasn't been given the chances. He's, oh. he's playing in every position on the pitch. He's, we're trying him. We're trying him out in every yeah. position on the pitch. He still hasn't come good in in any of them so far. No. Mm. no. Okay, so that that moves us into the forwards. He, Rich has put Freddie Sears amongst the forwards. So I'll pick him up first because he's mostly played as a wide a wide midfielder. Uh, his rating is five point eight three. It's made he's certainly looking more promising than last season, but hasn't maybe reached the heights that people expected him to in League One. Um, the only two forwards that, well, I mean, Nor- Norwood's rated at 5.33. It's obviously been a bit disappointing from him as well. Caden oh, well. Jackson, 4.5, but hopefully that will rise when, he, when we start to see a little bit more of him. Aaron Drynan, 6.33, really unfortunate with that injury at the start of the season. And uh, ironically, he's got the exact same rating as the man that came in to replace him, Ollie Hawkins, at 6.33. Um, we'd take 6.33 out of Ollie Hawkins, wouldn't we? Because he's just a, so- a solid striker that you can hang your hat on to hold the ball I up. Think he's so. maybe just, not the answer. I was just thinking about Sears. You know, all these players, you think about these players. Sears, obviously, Alan Judge, we know his injury. Alan Judge, Sears, big. Um, Sears, Judge, Hughes as well. Maybe Hughes a tiny bit younger, perhaps, but you know Sears and Judge, not too different, not massive difference in ages. Big injuries to have at their stage of the career when they had those injuries, really, really big. I mean, Judge was out. Let's face it, what thick end of two two seasons, I think. Sears is out pretty much a whole season, which overlapped. Big, big injuries to get over at that age. You know, they're not Flynn Downs, for instance, getting over. I don't think he had an ACL, did he? But a three-month sort of tear or something like that. And I think it did really, they, at that age, they just struggled to get back to what they were. Mm. Really again, I th- again, as we were talking about Kenlock being compared to Ward, maybe Sears, you're sort of comparing him to the other wing where Edwards is He's ripping it relatively up. tearing it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, Good point. You know, you're just seeing Sears, Sears does it and Nolan does it. They'll run forward 10 yards with the ball, stop, turn, pass it back 20 yards. It just Safe. frustrates frustrates the hell out of me. Safe, yeah. Okay, let's. Uh, I think I think that's the whole squad reviewed. Um, <laughs> who? Quick question to both of you: Who who's who's mark are you most hopeful about it being different at the end of the season? Does that make sense? Whose score do you want to see much higher? Flynn Downs, surely. Oh, well, obviously, yeah, when yeah. he comes in and plays, yeah, Flynn Downs. Any, any, and um, Luke Wolfenden as well, maybe? I hope Kane Vincent Young finishes with a nine. Personally. Yeah. <laughs> James yeah. Norwood. Norwood, yeah. Yeah, no. think, definitely Norwood. You think you're, you're going to need you're going to need Norwoods to be higher, Downses to be higher, aren't you? You're going to need yeah. those to be higher for us to have you know, made the impact that we want to. Essentially, even the goalkeeper as well. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, speaking of goalkeepers... Um, our long-term listener Mullet had some exciting news this week. He uh, has a new arrival. Not yeah, sure. Yeah, I saw that. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah congratulations, congratulations from everyone at Blue Monday. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, on Wednesday night, Blue Monday will be back um, with a live stream on our YouTube channel. Uh, Rich Woodward is going to be joined by two special guests, so that's one to look out for. Yeah, nine nine p.m. That starts on Wednesday. And the flagship show will return next Monday as we look back on our return to league action against Shrewsbury. Any last words from you both before we go and watch the golf? No, no, really. Um, I know that potentially Rich and myself are working on a couple of interviews, potentially, potentially in, in the early stages going forward. So I think watch watch this space for those. Yeah, a few goals. I I'm Essentially, between yeah, yeah. these two prospective interviewees, Craig, any last so. words from you? Do you Very want to so. one last plug for your Jason Dizel podcast? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. If you need to, if you want to reminisce about Christ nearly 30 years ago now, then uh, by all means. And if if everyone wants a copy of the scrapbook that I've got here, you know, let me know and I'll PDF it and uh, send it over. Jason was very taken with that scrapbook. I could tell he really wanted to see. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. That shows good. Lovely stuff. And it, yeah, it was great to hear him waxing lyrical about Steve Witten as well, Craig. Sure well, yes, so that, pretty much it's the obviously only it's reason. Pro- obviously prime. <laughs> the only reason I've been prodding every member of that squad is literally to get him to talk about Steve Witten for a, <laughs> for a couple of minutes. So it's come to fruition. 
Lovely stuff. Okay, yeah. Thanks cool. everyone for listening, and yeah, wish for whatever you want. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.